0: You're listening to The People's Architect, a podcast series brought to you by Crawford Architects, where we explore how to connect people through innovative design that both benefits the client and the community at large. Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of The People's Architect. I'm Dakota Miller Zinn, the marketing and communications strategist at Crawford Architects. And today I am excited to be joined by senior principals and Crawford's co owners, Stacey Jones and David Murphy. Hi guys. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for being our first host on the show. It only makes sense, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Dakota. Hey, Dakota. Nice to be here.
0: Awesome. So today's episode is an introduction to Crawford. We're just going to be setting the stage for who we are, what we do, and why we do it. We will chat about our firm's history, some of our iconic legacy projects we've done over the years, about our culture and our approach, and ultimately answering the question, what makes us the people's architect? And who better to help us paint that picture today than with the two of you? So does that sound good? Ready to get into it?
2: Let's go. Let's go.
0: All right. Awesome. Okay. So set the stage for us. It's the late or mid 90s. Tell us about your story and how and why you two ultimately decided to start Crawford Architects together.
2: So we, we met in Philadelphia the first days of our starting graduate school at the University of Pennsylvania. Met at a mixer, and then the, the following night, you know, got to, as I met Stacy, got to know that he was, had a good sense of humor. And so we were introducing where we were from, and, you know, clearly he had an Australian accent. Yeah. I said, I went first. I said I was from Iowa. And he went after me and said he was from Iowa too. And now I was like, okay, here we go. He's he's gonna give it to me. And he was from Otumwa and knowing a little bit about Otumwa and T V shows like MASH, you know, I I started quizzing him on some of the the only Otumans people from Otumwa would know, like Chief Wapolo on top of the courthouse and he what who was on top of the courthouse, of course, answers Chief Wapolo. What's Chief Wapolo wearing? Of course it's the Indian outfit and what's underneath the the, the Indian outfit, he answered flawlessly. So c- quickly learned about his journey from New South Wales, Australia to Otumwa, Iowa. And we immediately became friends. And that friendship uh, that started in nineteen eighty six. And we've been friends and now business partners since then going on. Holy crap, help me with the math. I I was was a C student in math, Stacey. How many years is that?
1: (laughs) Well, let's see, 86 to 26, that'll be 40 years, right? Take off three. So 37 years we've known each other. It's a funny way to do the math, but that's how it works out in my head. So Dakota's right. It was the 90s, but it started a little bit before that. After graduate school, you know, David went his way, I went my way. I spent a little bit of time in New York City, you know, working for an architect there. And David took up a job in Baltimore, working for a well-known architects and planning outfit down there. Yeah, coincidentally, we were both, what's the word, recruited, that's right, for for that job out of Penn. David elected to take up his position and I I declined. I I wanted to see you know, the bright lights of New York City and David wanted to, you know, work for this particular firm. I, I really didn't care that much. I just probably wanted the experience of New York more than anything else. So I moved there, he moved to Baltimore, and then a few short years after that, ended up back in Australia in 1990. So you're right, that was the 90s, and I was looking for a new job at that time and happened to hire, happened to interview with a firm, Crawford Architects. Uh, funny story there. It was run by John Crawford, you know, our namesake, and his partner John Howard. And I got the John Howard name mixed up. I thought it was Howard Tanner Architects. That and they were a very well-known firm of restoration architects in Sydney. So I ended up interviewing at the wrong place. I thought they were a totally different firm. They ended up interviewing at Crawford Crawford Howard, and not Howard Tanner. But they offered me a job and. I wasn't too picky at the time. So in 19, 1990, January, February of 1990, after being back in Australia for about a month or so, I ended up working for John Crawford. So it started in you know, 1990. That firm, that firm had been in existence well before I came along, of course, since the late 70s. So they've, they've been around as Crawford architects in one form or another for, for quite a period of time. And then we've kept that name you know, throughout the throughout the period of our existence to become what we are today. But it started certainly started like you said in the early, early 90s. When you moved to
2: Australia, I was pretty bummed out. You know, my buddy is gone, so I immediately started scheming for ways to visit Stacy in Sydney. And working in Baltimore, I was fortunate enough to work on some projects. The first project was a, a master plan urban design for the capital in Australia, Canberra, but my supervisor, my boss made the trip, not me. So I was, you know, worked with Stacy on that job and was I was foiled from making that trip. But later I was fortunate enough to do, get into sports by working in Baltimore on the Camden Yards sports complex. And when I returned to Kansas City, 1992, one of my first assignments was the Olympic Stadium in Atlanta. And very quickly, the next, you know, they, they award these Olympics seven years in advance and we quickly learned that Sydney was in the running. So my second attempt to make a, get a trip to see my buddy came there. And Stacy led an effort to join with the firm I was working with at the time in Kansas City. And that led for the first visit. I think I've been down there almost 30 times, Stacey, over the years. And then... We met a lot of good colleagues that led to our job in the United States. Want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, the 90s, we kind of perfected, if you will, our ability to work across the Pacific, you know, with taking advantage of the time zone changes. The long distances weren't a problem anymore because of digital communication. So David's firm uh, at LB and my firm at Crawford were able to collaborate on on a couple of attempts really to, to see how could, we could join forces and make use of the you know 24 hour clock so by the time the sydney olympics rolled around and david's correct we found ourselves working as the architect amongst a team of others for a proposal to design sydney olympic stadium ultimately after a few years of work you know we got to the shortlist basically one of two consortia were selected to go forward to the final stages but unfortunately we we're ultimately unsuccessful or our consortium was in the bid to design and build the stadium but in the doing of that we actually perfected a way to work efficiently together across the great distances of the of the pacific and across the various time zones and made that work to our advantage so okay on to our next opportunity. So what was that going to be? It turns out that an Australian developer had won the development rights to work in Branson in southern Missouri to design probably one of the first P3 public-private partnership projects to come along in the United States, or at least that part of the US, in, in concert with the city of Branson and the county, but mostly the city the private developer won the rights to design what is now the Branson Waterfront Development. At the time, it was really just a two discrete parcels of council, a city of Branson council-owned land and a private parcel of land of some 20 or 30 individual landowners in between. So the developer won the rights to work out how to deliver a project with multiple landowners and uh, no clear direction as to how to consolidate the property. So our team had a crackerjack outfit of uh, real estate guys that really knew how to, to do it and how to bring it all together. They concocted a plan to go out for the 20 or 30 individual landowners that were the link between the two sizable parcels that the city owned. Uh, went out with a plan and snapped up options to purchase the multiple number of uh, properties between the two that are owned by the city and within a couple of weeks held the key to the amalgamation of a couple of hundred acres of waterfront which led to the Branson Landing project. So an email or two later, suddenly Crawford Architects has got the opportunity to design this waterfront with your friend David Murphy at L.O.B. Beckett. So, okay, guys, how are you going to deliver this? So I'm in Sydney. David's in Kansas City. So long story short, we made the decision, my wife and I and had two small kids who were six and three at the time, to, to move to the United States and set up Crawford Architects in Kansas City, Missouri. We didn't go to Branson and set up an office. We could have, well, we could have chosen other locations, but David was already ensconced in, in Kansas City. He had a wife. He was starting a family or was about to start a family himself. So we figured that Kansas City was the best option, best option for us. The only problem was David wasn't working for Crawford at the time. You know, he, (laughs) I had a project, we had no office, I had no partners. So I had to change a few of those things. So basically I was able to convince David to leave as he was a principal at LB Beckett at the time to leave and, and come and basically start up Crawford on behalf of Crawford Architects Australia, start up the, U.S. arm of Crawford Architects. So that was in 2021, right, Dave? 2021? Sorry, sorry. 2001. 2001. 2001, A few short weeks before the towers came down in New York City. It was an horrendous time to be starting an architectural practice, especially one that was to deliver its first and its first project, which is a tourist destination for a lot of visitors, you know, driving to Branson from other places at a time where everybody just hunkered down, didn't know what was happening, that the world was turned upside down, and and so were we, you know, for a short period of time. Quickly, the dust settled on that project, no pun intended, but the dust did settle, and quickly, America... um, inevitably and inimitably just rebounded very, very quickly and places like Branson, which were driving destinations to one day's drive of a third of the American population became very, very popular way for tourism to start back up again. Airlines took a long time to basically get back to their numbers, but people still crave the desire to get out and visit and and look for entertainment opportunities. Branson was already a known quantity, so our project was basically resurrected, if you will, very, very quickly and and got back onto the front foot in short order. So that, that started, you know, Crawford Architects up again. I remember, David, you might want to tell the funny story about the cartoon that you sent me about the first days of Crawford Architects. In, in, that, in and around that
2: period. Now, when we when we first started the firm, you know, it was back to basics, that's for sure. And there's a cartoon saw on my wall, like a Fireside, where it's basically a bunch of executives sitting around in a cave around a campfire. Okay. It's like, all right, man, back to basics. So that's kind of, that launched us. And Branson in 2007 was recognized as the best mixed use um, Development in the world, and it's you know we we have a, a pretty strong legacy of iconic projects, and Branson was the first one, and that's going to be one that I'll look back on as you know the those are tough years, the first five years, but they they're great memories and launched the firm and created the foundation for what we are today. And my buddy, long story short, got we were reunited again, and and friendship now professional relationship has has only gotten stronger since then.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Not to age you all too much, but many of my summers were spent at Branson Landing. <laughs> As a child growing up, it is a...
2: Yeah, that's good. That's awesome.
0: Destination for my family. And so kudos to you all. I guess my, my question is, how easy was that decision to make for you, Murphy, when Stacy proposed leaving Ellerbee? Uh-huh. You know, I
2: always, I always dreamed of having my own firm and having good partners and that you know just back to just just the the dna between Stacy and I are are str- is just very compatible and you know we are able to our, our 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 personalities our work ethic just our culture our philosophy of design has helped to create the culture at Crawford today and it, it's a strong partnership so it's well it was an easy decision and not to say there wasn't tough times but you know at the same time it's anything, anything good or meaningful. It's never, it's never easy. It, so it's, I'm, I'm sure glad we did
0: it. Yeah, that's great. So, so talking about starting at the basics, what, what was your goals or, you know, plan from that point moving forward? What did you think Crawford was going to be in comparison to what it is today and kind of talk through what those dreams looked like at the beginning days?
2: A medium-sized firm. You know that we punch outside our weight, and we have we come from a background of big projects. We're both big project junkies, but yet we also do smaller projects. So we have a, a very wide range of abilities. And I think it starts with principal involvement. Stacy and I are involved in every project. The other principals at Crawford Architects are involved, not just beginning or winning the work, but from beginning to end. So I think that you know this helps set a culture and. The firm itself, we always wanted it to be flat. We didn't want to be a big corporate entity that had a lot of hierarchy and silos. So we, you know, it's, it's it's a studio culture. We have a lot of fun. You got Australian roots, just love of life. That's part of that, being Australian. One of our first ads we ran in the Kansas City Star, seeking or letting people know that we were open and, and putting in, searching for people we put the we got the kansas city Star to put the ad in upside down and so that's the kind of steps and things that we try to do to set our set us apart and then just you know just the relationships that stacy's built over the years with these people that the clients that we worked with at the olympics in australia and now came to branson as was a springboard along with other professional projects that we were involved with before and during the farming, the, the firm itself.
1: I think the thing that actually led or and continues to lead our success is survival and understanding how to survive. It's common knowledge that all businesses in the United States within the first five years determines whether they're going to remain successful or not, and a huge percentage of businesses fail in those First five years, so that motivation to stay viable and in business was something that I learned very early on. So the previous ten years before moving over here in the 2000s to start the business in the United States, I was ten years a principal in a Crawford in Sydney, which was a small architectural outfit, you know, less than a less than a dozen employees, and I was relatively quickly made a principle, which I very quickly learned meant that basically I was responsible for survival of the practice, (laughs) finding work, sweating, sweating the payrolls twice a month, sweating the expenses, wondering if clients were going to pay, all the sorts of things that I didn't go to school to learn. I had my feet put to the fire very, very early and learned those lessons and worked out quickly what it took to survive in in this business. So I brought that kind of understanding or ethos to the firm when we set up here in the United States. David brought an amazing portfolio of work with respect to sports and brought the understanding of how a big firm Works the culture you know, from a place like RTKL, Ellaby Beckett, and other firms similar to that, that big project mentality. He brought that. I brought more of the grit, I guess, and the determination of a small firm that needed to survive. So in an odd way, you know David talked earlier about how compatible we are. But compatibility doesn't mean the same. It means that you can actually fill in and complement one another where one is strong, the other doesn't need to be strong, the other needs to fill in where the partner isn't very good at certain things. So I think our success got off to a good start because we brought big project experience And the understanding of how to deliver those along with the grit and the determination of a a small practice that had to scrap to survive. And to be honest with you, I think that's one of the things that's actually stayed with the firm. To this day, we don't have to scrap so much anymore. And we're a little bit bigger than we were when we first started, but we're Today, neither scrappy nor large and without personality, we still have very much that evidence of that original DNA in the practice to this day.
2: I would say too, that to build on that build on that Stacy. you know the, there was no room for
1: failure. You know
2: we we were always committed to creating a project for a client, but design it for the users. Look under every rock. Raise the bar every chance we got. We, and there was no cookie cutter approaches. You know, we we didn't have a drawer where we could pull projects out and just throw it down. Said this is what we did on the last project. Here you go. So we were always innovating, and I think that that survival mentality also leads to design excellence because we're doing it for the client. Doing it for the users, and uh, I think that's the big project experience, but also that scrappiness sets us apart compared to other firms. I mean, we started out as a small outfit. Now we're eighth in the country as far as sports architects go. So it's, uh, we're I'm proud of that growth. And we, as I said earlier, uh, we're working on small, we're working on medium size, and we're also working on really big projects. So our our range is unique, and 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 with the studio environment everyone chips in and it's 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 all hands on deck you know it's 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 a great working environment
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the people's architect be sure to subscribe to this series on iTunes Spotify or your favorite podcast hosting platform to learn more about Crawford Architects our mission portfolio and what it means to be the people's architect visit our website at crawfordarch.com